Hi, and welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray as you listen, God would meet you and speak to you in a personal way. Here's this week's message from Pastor Corey. All right, let's pray together again. Father, thank you so much for this morning and for the opportunity to come and worship you and praise you. We, we, we forget sometimes that, that you are so worthy, you are so awesome, and that you deserve our praise, God. What a privilege it is that we can give you our praise. And we know, God, that you have some more in store for us and work that you want to do. And so even right now, we just take a moment and uh, we give you permission, Holy Spirit, just to continue to work in our hearts and minds as we go to your word. Yeah, and Father, may all these things that I say this morning just glorify and honor you. In your name we pray, amen. Good stuff. All right, so Christmas, the gifts have been unwrapped. Kids, you get anything good? Any good gifts out there being received? Anyone? No one? A few of you? Any big kids get any really cool gifts? Okay, three of you, awesome. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to lay the foundation, right? Um, Christmas is about celebrating Christ, okay? Right? Foundation, right? But we can still enjoy gift giving. Is that okay? I can talk about that. Ten of you? Okay, I'm getting a few more. Fall. Okay, that's good. We're getting there. <laughs> that's good. I-, I loved Christmas as a kid. Love getting gifts. I'm just going to be honest. More than giving, I love getting gifts as a kid. I've matured <laughs> a little bit. Um, favorite gifts, hands down, year after year, Lego. Love. Any Lego fans here? A few? Yeah, you put your hand. Yes, I see. Yeah, awesome. Love it, right? I love it. Love getting Lego. Oh, so good. So good. Such a good toy. But then something happens. You grow up and and they stop giving you toys. And suddenly you get sweaters and socks (laughs) and some tools that you don't know what to do with, you know? And it was like, God, what happened to Christmas? I know it's about Jesus, but I mean this other part, okay? What happened to Christmas, right? And then you kind of move on, and you, you, you get married, and then it's like, God, I, I miss that. I miss that part of Christmas. And so it's like, well, what can I do to get that back? It's like, oh, you have some kids. <laughs> Why do you have kids? Well, because then you can get the toys that you want, right? <laughs> it's like my son. You can't even hold the controller, but here it is, son. Don't worry. I'll help you. We'll learn this game together, right? And so my girls, all they want is Polly Pockets. No, Star Wars Lego is better, girls. Star Wars Lego is better. You will love Star Wars, I promise, right? Ah, it's good. Christmas is fun, right, for lots of different reasons. Getting getting new things is fun, right? And uh, it doesn't matter how old you are, something new is fun. And, and, And that new can bring change to our life, right, in small ways, sometimes in even really big ways. And this morning, I want to, I want to focus on on the title that I have, I guess, is unwrapping the new. So I want to focus on, on new things, or specifically one new thing. And uh, one of the things we've been doing a lot at, at, at GMDS, we've been studying the Bible a lot. It's been really fun, and a lot of Old Testament prophets and some New Testament. And uh, really, really been aware of how much the Bible talks about new things. And uh, even in the Old Testament, there was so much prophetic words about new things that God was going to do. And some of those new things were for the nation of Israel. But a lot of those new things, even in the Old Testament, for us here today as believers. And so I want to focus on the new and specifically looking at the new covenant that was offered to us through Jesus Christ, right? And I think that's really fitting considering we just celebrated the coming of Christ, right? Right? 
And, and so to do that, though, we're going to back up and we're going to spend a little bit of time in the, in the Old Testament. And we're going to read about the, the way the covenant was, but also we're going to dive a little bit into what, what was promised. And then from there, we'll leap into the New Testament and look a little more of what has come for us today and how we're called to respond. So, so let's, uh, let's begin in Jeremiah 31, and we're going to read about covenants a lot. And, and in case you don't know, the really simplified idea behind a covenant is that it was an unbreakable promise given by God due to his people. And beginning with, with the Jews and then also through Christ moving into us, okay? So Isaiah 31, verse 31. And it says this, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel, with the people of Judah. And it won't be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds. I will write on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Right? And what Jeremiah is, is referring to is that God gave a covenant to the Jews through, through different prophets, through different people. And one of them was to Moses for the nation of Israel and part of that covenant was recorded on stone tablets. And we would, you know, often think of the Ten Commandments as an example. But what Jeremiah is kind of leading into is this idea that, that there's a new way coming that God wants to relate to his people. And it would be writing that covenant not just on stone tablets, but in our hearts and our minds. And it would come through the release of the Holy Spirit. And then again in Isaiah chapter 42 and we'll begin in verse 1 and jump down to verse 6. And it says, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. And it's already prophetically referring to the coming of Jesus and the work that he's going to do. And then in verse 6, I the Lord have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. And now see the, 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 wet, the, the net is being widened in the sense that we're now being included into this, this prophetic inclusion beyond the Jews. And here's what that covenant was going to accomplish. It's to open the eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or the praise to idols. And see, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare before you. They spring into being as I announce them to you today. And so, again, we get a glimpse of God confirming this covenant that was already given to the Jews, but again, prophetically looking forward to something new that would be given to us through Jesus Christ us as Gentiles, right? And it was opening the eyes of the blind, bringing freedom to the captives. And we have to understand that part of that was for the nation of Israel in that time in the sense that, that they were in so much physical captivity from other nations. But again, moving forward to God saying and knowing actually where the battle is in because we can look at something like that and, and, and we are not in physical captivity. We have a lot of freedom. 
But, but what this new covenant was going to bring in was actually, it was going to redefine where the battlefield of life was. And God knew, I think, for this generation how important that was because now this battle would be freedom for our mind and our heart. Because isn't that where the battle so often is with negative thoughts, right? With condemning thoughts, with fear, with anxiety, with depression. So I think it's with great relevance that we talk about the value and importance of this new covenant as it pertains to our generation. And I think it's important for us to also understand because at times, you know, I, I talk to people and then they kind of go, well, the Old Testament doesn't really apply to us. And then just, just so you know, as we talk about a new covenant, this doesn't mean that it's entirely new, okay? We're not throwing out or discarding the law of Moses. In this case, when we translate new, it means renewed to do something that the old could not do specifically because of what Jesus did, right? So the Mosaic Covenant did not fail, guys. It wasn't being replaced because God didn't do a good enough job writing it and was now looking for a do-over, okay? And in fact, what he wrote was good and true. The reason it was being rewritten, the reason that we could say that it maybe failed wasn't because of God at all, but because of people's sins that it failed, And God knew that if he was going to bring us into relationship with him, there would need to be something that would go even further to bring us back because we were so lost. And so we're not taking out a new coin in the sense that the law was bad and replacing it. We're actually taking that same coin because because the law had value, right? Because it revealed that we had a sinful and broken nature. But now with Jesus coming, we take that same coin and we turn it. And now we can look at the other side of that coin where Jesus now paid for those sins, invites us not to look at them, not to focus on everything that we've done wrong, but instead turn our gaze towards him, towards his healing, towards his freedom, towards his grace. It's good, eh? You liking it? Good. I got some more. One of the things, as we've been reading, reading through the Old Testament, GMDS, is I've come to see how beautiful the Old Testament is. Some people, they write it off as, as, as war and, and an angry God. And, but if you, if you read, if you read deeper, if you don't just glance at it, there is so much beauty in the Old Testament. And one of the things that, that the Old Testament is so beautiful is, is that we get this picture of what sin and brokenness is doing to the world, to people's lives. And I think it's important for us to, to examine these things because sometimes you just don't know how good you've had it until you see how bad it was, right? And, and I think sometimes we, we, when, we, when we omit the Old Testament, we, we fail to recognize how amazing the coming of Jesus was, how powerful the resurrection of the cross was how we so badly need the Holy Spirit, how valuable the Holy Spirit is to seeing our lives transformed, See, guys, it's, it's, it's the same God in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. It's just now through the work of Jesus, we don't receive the punishment and the condemnation for our sins, right? And so I want us to jump ahead now into the New Testament where Luke records the words of Jesus, his own words, confirming that he is now this new covenant. And we'll look at Luke twenty-two twenty. And it says this, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup 
is the new covenant in my blood, which I have poured out for you. Jesus confirming he is the covenant. He is the way to truth and life. And now we're going to jump again a little further down the story. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul now reveals what Jesus began. We're actually now invited to participate in. And so beginning in verse 6. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit came to give life. Now if the ministry that was brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily on the face of Moses because of its glory. And we'll just pause there. And what it's referencing, guys, is that when, when, when Moses was up on the mountain with God or, or, or in the, the tent of meeting with God, every time that Moses was in God's presence, he would come out and his face would be like glowing with the glory of God. And it was so much so like the Israelites were, no, no, cover it up. You know, so he would put a veil over his face to cover the glory of God. And, and so this, will it not the ministry of the Spirit then be even more glorious? Because if the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? See, we're not like Moses who had put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. And so near the end of Moses' ministry, as his time and it was coming to his ministry, that, that, that glory of the Lord was actually fading from his face. And so he was actually covering it up to hide the fact that the, the glory of the Lord was facing. But what, what, what Paul is saying here, guys, is that, that we now have a new glory available to us that will not fade, that will not dull, right? That will not grow old because it's based on an eternal risen Christ. And it says, But their minds were made dull, for to this day that same veil remains when the old covenant is read. Just referencing when we don't embrace the new covenant, Okay. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Only in Christ is the old covenant removed. And so even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I like the sound of that. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are, being, glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. So quick recap. The teacher in me now says this, old covenant, old covenant, the old way of doing things. You're sinful, you're broken, and that would bring condemnation and death. The new covenant through Jesus Christ only brings righteousness, only forgiveness, only grace. The old covenant engraved on stone. The new covenant is born of the Spirit, written on hearts, filled by the Holy Spirit, the living God inside of us. The old covenant fading glory. The new covenant more surpassing, lasting glory through Jesus Christ. Right? So Paul reminds us the covenant was not one written of a letter, but it was born of the Holy Spirit inside all believers. And guys, the moment you read, you read the, first books, uh, the first chapters in Acts, when the Holy Spirit is poured out in the New Testament, that moment, guys, exceeded anything that God had ever displayed in his saving grace and love. See, so often we accredit the Holy Spirit with works of power and healing and, and, and other spiritual gifts. 
But one of the most powerful things the Holy Spirit will do in your life is bring life to your body so that you can now experience the love and grace of Jesus Christ personally and not through another mediator. It is for you and me. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. See, Moses' ministry was necessary because it it pointed us to something better, something eternal, right? And and guys, when when you, when, when I, when we accept the work of Jesus Christ through faith, and this is crazy, all he's saying is believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the risen, the, the King of kings, that he died for our sins, and now he sits united with God in heaven. Believe in that, and you have eternal life. You are accredited as righteous. That's almost too easy, isn't it? Really? I just got to believe in God and my sins are washed away? I can stand in God's presence? I can someday rejoice with him? Yes! I got one more service to do, so I got to, you know, contain the. This is good stuff, guys. I don't know why you're not more excited right now, but I know. <laughs> Just release the Mennonite in us. Release, right? <laughs> I'm Mennonite too, just so you know. So. Hey, so, <laughs> so the life of God, this is what, what, what the deal is, guys. You know, it, it, in, in our faith, in Christ and what he did, we not only receive righteousness instead of condemnation, but the Spirit of God fills us. And that life that God offers through Jesus comes with the filling of the Spirit. And the Spirit's purpose, again, as I said, is to bring our minds and our hearts to life. And so this is beautiful. You never have to feel ashamed to go before God because the Holy Spirit lives in you. You never have to feel condemned to have a relationship with God. God will not condemn you. That is the work of the enemy. So instead of feeling shame or fear, we can approach with confidence and openness and experience love and acceptance every time. There is no other way because the Spirit of God lives inside of us. So we are accepted and righteous. And it takes it one step further. Now, instead of being guilted into doing good things, we actually become inspired by the Holy Spirit to God, what can I do for your kingdom? When you are touched by the love of the living God and you taste it, that is a more powerful motivator than fear and guilt will ever be. When you experience the love of Jesus Christ, you will say, God, what can I do to build your kingdom? And it won't be a burden. Ha, that's great. I love it. And there's another thing that this new covenant did that the old covenant could not because the old covenant could not produce transformation. Imagine the middle of August and you're swimming in a pond that has no fresh water in it. Just that same stuff that's just been sitting there all summer long. Gross. Ha! Right? And that's the old covenant because there, there was no way to move forward. It was about working at being good enough, right? Hoping that, that you won't be punished for, for those sins that, 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 that you committed, right? And you stayed stuck in the same place. But the, the new covenant's not like that. Imagine now a, a fresh running river with fresh water feeding into it, right? And so we now in this new covenant have unveiled faces, meaning we can now see and experience the glory of God for ourselves, and, and, and the, the, the cool thing about this, as we spend time with him, we begin to experience transformation that makes us more like him. Can you imagine that God, the creator of the universe, in our sinful, broken state, would say, I want to make you more like me? And he will actually achieve that? 
And so what is that process of being transformed into his likeness like? Well, first of all, it is the work of the Holy Spirit that lives inside every believer. But the other part of it is we recognize that we have a choice in how much of that transforming work will happen. We can say no, and the Spirit will respect that. The Spirit requires our participation, and that's why Paul says in Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. How do we keep in step with the Spirit? That seems kind of crazy. The, where's the Spirit? How do I do that? Living inside of me. I'm, I'm taking the Spirit with me. What does that look like? What does that mean? Here's one great way. Get involved with a church community. Because when you get involved with a church community, you know what happens? It means you're involved with people. And sometimes people are going to annoy you and bother you. And sometimes people are going to let you down. Sometimes they might disappoint you. And I know so many people that say, I'm not going to church because if that's church, I don't want any of that, you know. And I realize we have to deal with those things. But what will happen if you persevere through that, if you choose to love instead of become bitter through that, God's actually going to begin doing a great work inside of your life to grow your love, to grow your perseverance, to grow your forgiveness, to grow your kindness. And suddenly you're someone that you and your spouse will like better right? We can't run from people, right? We can't. We need people, actually. God will use people to transform us. Another way, when we dedicate our minds, our hearts, all of our thoughts, our actions towards God to be in his presence, when we pray, listen, and meditate on him and his word daily, even hourly, guys, how how can you go from one minute doing so good to the next minute, and maybe you've had this, a condemning thought, a negative thought, a dark thought, and suddenly you're just spiraling down. It's like, where did my day go? It's like, I would add to that, I need God every minute in my life, thinking about him, meditating on him, Right? listening to his word, being in his word, right? And what will happen, guys, as you spend more time with God, the spirit will have more room to move and come to life. And as those things begin to happen in your life, there's going to be a change that's going to begin on on, on the inside because that's what makes something lasting when it changes here first, right? And it's going to move outward and you're going to begin to experience Christ-like fruit in your life, which means that you're going to love people better, You're going to have more peace. You're going to experience more joy. Hope will be something that will come to your mind instead of despair. You're going to have more self-control. You're going to overcome sins in your life. You're going to be a better spouse. You know, you're going to be a better parent. There is a transformation that God is waiting to do. But he says, you have to say yes too. One of the things that we're doing at GMDS is uh, we've committed to growing in our character. And wow, it's hard, really hard. And so we prayed and we asked the Holy Spirit to, uh, to show us one thing that he wanted us to change, one thing. Oh, it came too fast for me. It's like, really, God, it's that bad? It was complaining. It was complaining. And, 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 and so we, we, we've now committed these things to, to prayer. We, we've asked someone to pray for us for 30 days. Uh, I, I chose my wife because she, hey, here's a lot of my complaining. Will you pray for me? I want to change this. We've looked up scripture. We, we've, we've been memorizing scripture because we, we recognize that there's a part we have to play if we want to become more like Christ. But all along the way, the Spirit is like, I want to help you. I want to help you. We can do this together, right? Because I think not only does the Spirit want us to keep in step, I think the Spirit wants to run with us. And, and, and when the Spirit runs with us, 
transformation happens and we become people that we want to be around, right? And people that will bring glory to God and fulfill our purpose. But so often, because we have such a small view of God, such a limited view of the work of the Holy Spirit, we spend such limited time with him, the Spirit can maybe crawl, maybe crawl, right? So here is the point of where I'm headed today, and I want to tell you one little story to maybe make that point, okay? The story of my grandma, she's passed away a number of years ago. Uh, a lot of things that we just, just really miss about her. One of them was her cooking, amazing cook. But as we were cleaning up a lot of her stuff, we came to a closet, we opened the closet, and what we found inside the closet um, was a bunch of Christmas gifts. I was like, this is interesting. And so we took them out one by one and, and, and began unwrapping them. And what we found, it was years and years and years of Christmas gifts that we had given to her, which she hadn't used, wrapped back up and put in the closet. And I'm thinking, Grandma, I I saw your tablecloth. It was like duct tape holding it together. And you had this new one sitting here, you know? Like, like, like why, you know, and these new clothes, you know, and and, and all this stuff. Why? Why why would you just tuck it away? You know, and as I was thinking about that, I I wonder if that's a bit like God's covenant. It's like God gives us, he reveals this covenant through Jesus Christ here. This is new. This is for you. And we politely say, thank you very much. And we wrap it back up and I'll put it over here when I need that later on because I've got my own life to live and I know better, right? And do we miss on something that God wants to do in our lives? Do we miss? See guys, this new covenant was meant to pull us forward. It was never meant to be this stagnant thing that you you receive Christ and okay, I'm done. I'm just going to sit here now and wait for Jesus to come or just sit here now and do my own life. This new covenant was meant to pull us forward into something new. And most of that new was actually just dealing with all this old stuff that's inside of us, that old sinful nature that just won't go away, right? And so as he pulls us forward, you have to know that he loves you so much that he will not let you stay the same. And if your faith has been the same for the last year, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you have to know that the Holy Spirit is inside of you today yearning to say, please give me some room. Let's move forward. Because he wants to do so much more with your life than you can even imagine right now. Great are the plans that the Lord has for each one of us here. And some of us here this morning, the Holy Spirit saying, stop fighting so hard against my Father. Stop fighting so hard against Him. Stop fighting so hard against the circumstances of life that have been so difficult that have now caused you to become angry and bitter and close your heart to the possibility of something better. Let go. Let go. Right? Even in our relationships, how many of us grew up in a relationship and parents, we're not criticizing, but, but, but we've been living in this cycle of brokenness where relationships are based on manipulation or guilt or fear or control in a way to try and keep us hemmed in, right? And, and now that, that cycle has, has been transferred to you and as a parent or as a spouse or as a friend are using those same tactics to try and find something meaningful and yet every time you do, it crashes down and God says, don't you know there's a better way? The Spirit wants to bring life compassion and love and forgiveness and grace so that we can do relationships in a way that's actually life-giving, right? 
Or even after our kids move out of the house, they want to come back because our life is a place of hope and peace and joy, right? And for some of you this morning, it's those condemning thoughts, right? The fear, the guilt, not being good enough, not enough value, on and on it goes. Or, or, or we see God as someone who's angry and uncaring. And the reality, as we look at this new covenant, was the, was the fact that it actually exists because God cares so much that he is a loving father, that he said you are accepted, you are loved, no matter what someone has said or done to you, that you have a place in my kingdom, you are valued, you will always be wanted at my table. That's what this new covenant is calling out. So throw off the words of condemnation. Tell the enemy to be quiet and allow the Holy Spirit to begin speaking something new into our lives right thank you even in sin guys i see so many people dealing with sin in their lives and the old covenant mentality and this is what it looks like i screwed up i messed up oh god i I hope that you don't punish me i hope that you forgive me god i'm just going to go over here and, and, and distance myself from you over here because i know i'm not good enough to be in your presence and maybe if i feel bad and punish myself long enough then after a week or two then i can come back to you guys that's old covenant mentality New covenant mentality says, God, I I did mess up and I am sorry, but thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you that I'm your son or your daughter and you still welcome me into your presence. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. This is good stuff, guys. And so, guys, this new covenant, this life in the Holy Spirit is calling you to more. It's calling you to more. And so I want to close by just actually praying with you guys and, and, and talking with you a little bit. And so we just bow with me as the worship team comes out. And I just want to talk to you a little bit, but, but maybe you could close your eyes. I, just, I think it's important for us just to focus. So this morning, we're just talking about transformation, living in the new covenant. And, and, and like I did, like our school did, I want us just to take a little bit of time right now and invite the Holy Spirit to begin searching our hearts. Because maybe you're here this morning and you've been dealing with fear or anger, resentment. Maybe you're here this morning, you want to be more loving, more kind, more generous. Whatever it is, I believe there's areas in our lives that the Holy Spirit have been waiting to begin a transforming process in. And so right now, let's just take a moment and just ask, Holy Spirit, I'm giving you permission right now just to search my heart. Is there anything that you want me to work on? Let's just do that for a moment together. And these are not condemning thoughts. The Father will not speak condemnation right now. If you're feeling condemned, there's condemning thoughts, that's not from the Father. Father, only your voice, only your voice this morning. And so if, if the Holy Spirit revealed something to you, then I just invite you quietly in your, in your own space there, just pray this prayer at 
with me. God, there's some things I want to change in my life. God, I want to live in the fullness of the new covenant that you have promised for me. I want to experience the freedom, the healing that Jesus paid for on the cross. So I invite you, Holy Spirit, to begin changing this part of my life. And you can just insert that right now. Tell them what it is. I give you permission, Holy Spirit, to begin working in this area of my life. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to fill me fresh and new so I can receive healing, a new perspective, maybe a new revelation. But most importantly, transformation to be more like you. We thank you, Father, that you will be faithful in this. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Awesome. So guys, as we uh, are going to sing a last song together in a moment, I challenge you, like I challenge my students, if you did make a commitment please, please share that with someone so that they can to pray for you so that you can see this deliverance take place in your life. Dig into the word. Find scripture that relates to what you want to change on. You will see a powerful move of the spirit in your life. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the GMC podcast. For more information about what's going on this week, check out gmchurch.ca. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful week.